0: Everyone has something in their life that can be a stressor, but some people deal with their situations in more positive ways in order to take control. It's not difficult. You can do this too. Welcome to Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully with your host, Rusty Williams. In this program, you'll learn how using hypnosis and mindfulness can lessen the stress and strengthen your life. Now, here is Rusty Williams.
1: Well, good morning, everybody. Good afternoon, depending on when you are tuning in to this little program of ours. And welcome. And if you haven't, this is my uh, daily, uh, my weekly now, because this is a weekly program. My weekly reminder, if you would check out our website at njhypnosistraining.com, you'll find information there on hypnosis, on mindfulness. There's a lot of research there. Um, Also, information how to contact me, how to get in touch with me. And also, some blogs are up about hypnosis, mindfulness, and what I've been doing the past couple years of my life. And you can also find us on Facebook, like our Facebook page, New Jersey Hypnosis Training. And that's probably the best way to get a hold of me, to send me information, questions, suggestions, ideas for the show. Again, this is your show, so I want to make this about your interests. Speaking of your interests, this... I. I, I'm not sure how your week has gone so far. I hope it's been going good. But for me, at least, it's been a week where I've had the opportunity, more than one opportunity, to practice the mindfulness techniques, the mindfulness strategies, actually the whole idea of mindfulness. I've been given opportunities to practice mindfulness techniques and not get caught up in my own thoughts, my own worries, my own fears that... We catastrophize, you know, we, we take a little something and before we know it, we blow it into a, a huge issue. And here's why. There's two reasons. Number one, if you saw, read, heard any of the promotional material for this upcoming week for today's show, you would have seen that the topic was something to the effect of going deep, uh, the power of the unconscious mind with uh, my special guest, uh, Stephanie Conkle. Well, this is example number one of the opportunity to use mindfulness. There was a scheduling mix-up on my part, not Stephanie's. Stephanie is actually going to be on the show next week, not this week. And this, I found out yesterday afternoon (laughs) when I sent Stephanie an email to go over some of the things we're going to be talking about. And she sent me an email back. um, Rusty, remember when we switched it to next week? And I was like, oh, so here I am 24 hours away from – This show today, as you're hearing it now, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? Oh, man, are you kidding me? And I think in the past, not I think, I know that there was a me in the past, and maybe you can identify with this person, who would have started to first beat themselves up. How could I be this stupid? I can't believe I forgot. Um, What am I going to do now? Oh my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to put this together? How am I going to pull this off? This is never going to, all those thoughts that just start entering our minds. I I equate it to a leaf blowing down a street on a windy day. That leaf is is a thought. And it's almost as if we catch up to that leaf as it blows down and we chase it. We chase our thoughts, and once we catch up to that leaf, then there's another leaf blowing down the street, and we end up just chasing thought after thought, and one thought becomes another thought, and that thought becomes a worry, and then a concern, and then, oh, we just blow it out of proportion. So since yesterday, at least, on that regard, it's been a great opportunity for me to just be present in that moment and say, you know what? It's going to work out. It always has in the past, right? So... That was opportunity number one, and I call it an opportunity, right? There are no mistakes, only opportunities for learning. So that was opportunity number one for me to practice what I preach, to center myself, be in the moment, focus on my breath. We've talked about that breath. Almost every guest I've had on has talked about just stopping, focusing on the breath. (sighs) Everything's going to be okay. At least in that moment, everything's okay. So that's opportunity number one. Opportunity number two is something a little more, a lot more serious. Um, I'm flying solo today. I'm flying solo because I don't have a guest, but I'm also flying solo because my best friend in the whole wide world, my wife, isn't here today. My wife is in the hospital. She went into the hospital Saturday. Uh, my life's an open book. My life's an open book on um, social media sites. I do that to try to share lessons that I've learned in life. So I'm going to be completely honest with you. My wife um, has been hospitalized. This is her seventh hospital admission since September. She's undergone two um, major surgeries in that time, and there's been complications both before the surgeries that required the surgery, now afterwards. And so she's in the hospital right now. She might even be listening to this on her iPad. Who knows? But she's normally here. See, the way this works, for me at least, is in our home here, one of our spare bedrooms has been converted into a studio. It's my studio where I shoot videos, So it's a video production studio where I shoot videos for hypnosis training, for hypnosis courses that I give. And it's since the show, it's also a broadcast studio where I do this radio show from. And the way it works every Wednesday morning is like this. First of all, remember, if you don't remember, I'll share with you. We have pets. We're pet lovers. We have two dogs and a cat. One dog is my service dog. Nico is a Belgian Malinois Akita Mix. He weighs about 75, 80 pounds. And our other dog, Rocky, is a plot hound, weighs about 40 pounds. But he's a hound, plot hound, a hound dog. And if you've ever heard a hound dog bark, you know what that sounds like. And once Rocky starts, then Nico starts. And it becomes a chorus of an unbelievable – it sounds like a kennel here sometimes. And they bark when someone comes to the door. Dogs walk down the street with with their human owners. So because of that, on Wednesday mornings when I'm doing the show, my wife Elisa takes the dogs into our bedroom. She shuts the door. She watches videos. She's an artist. She might be watching videos on watercolor. But there's noise in the background to distract the dogs from any noises that might be outside she shuts the door i shut shut the door here to the studio and all is well and i do my best to to give the best possible show that i can give well today because my wife's in the hospital not only are the dogs not in the bedroom the door to the studio is open because if i shut the door to the studio in fact here comes nico now he's actually crawling under the table by my feet and he's laying by my feet and he's one of the things he's trained to do uh, because the door to my studio is open, there is a really good possibility that sometime between now and the next oh, 50 minutes or so, you might get to hear, you might get to meet Nico and or Rocky, because as luck would have it, we are expecting a delivery today of an 8x10 area rug. It's supposed to weigh 80 pounds is what it said that the shipping costs, and I guess they go by weight, and that's going to deliver, be delivered Sometime today. Now, if you know anything about my luck, that's going to be delivered probably within the next 50 minutes, which means that's, and I don't know what carrier is delivering it, but whoever, whether it's FedEx, UPS, whoever, chances are they're going to be knocking at our front door when that's delivered. So if you hear what sounds like a kennel in the background, bear with me. We'll practice mindfulness together during that portion of the show, and then we'll, we'll move forward. So since my wife's been in the hospital, though, getting back to my wife, you know, it's been an opportunity for me to practice mindfulness, to not get caught up in my own thoughts, my own concerns, what could this be, the, the what could it be, itis. It's given my wife an opportunity to practice her mindfulness techniques. Practicing them, you know, hospital hospitals are lonely places. When there's no one there, There, you have a lot of time on your hands, and most of that time is spent getting caught up in your own thoughts. And Elise has been practicing; she shared with me since Saturday. It was late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. By the time she got to her room, practicing mindfulness, and it's given me the opportunity again. I'm going to use the term opportunity to practice mindfulness. So. They were opportunities for me to practice mindfulness. I hope looking back at your week and looking forward to the week that's left, maybe you'll see issues, problems, things that didn't go quite as planned, instead of mistakes, instead of reasons to get upset, maybe there are opportunities to practice mindfulness. So that is um, how my week has gone, and it's the opportunities that are here in front of us. And so with that, I answered some, I looked at and then answered some emails, and I've gotten questions. Actually, since I became a hypnotist, and one of the recurring themes of people who have never experienced hypnosis or have never gone to a hypnotist is, what's what is it like? What can I expect if I go see a hypnotist? And so I thought, at least for the first part of the show, you know, that since since we started this program of ours. I've mentioned what I believe hypnosis is. I've mentioned what mindfulness is. I've talked about the power of both of them. I've brought on guests that have talked about it. But I've never really given you kind of an insight as to what you can expect if you were to make an appointment with a hypnotist. So let me take the first part of this show as if you're the first-time client. Now, whether you've been to a hypnotist or not, just go back to that role and imagine. We'll talk about the power of imagination in a little bit. But just If you were a first-time client, this is probably something that you could expect if you made an appointment with a hypnotist. Now, I'm not suggesting for one moment that it's going to be exactly as I do it, but most hypnotists follow a certain routine when they meet a client for the first time because one of our biggest goals in those first couple seconds of meeting a client is, first of all, to, to establish rapport, to establish a trusting relationship but also to alleviate any fears or concerns or worries. So that's what I'm going to do. You're going to be the first-time client, and I'm going to be the hypnotist, and you just came in to see me as a first-time client. A lot of us um, call this a pre-talk. A lot of us in in the hypnosis world call this the pre-talk. That is, before hypnosis, pre-hypnosis, how we're going to talk to you and what we're going to do. So here goes. So if you made an appointment with a hypnotist, chances are you would have been asked to complete some sort of questionnaire Telling the hypnotist about yourself. Sometimes they email you that. Sometimes it can be downloaded from the hypnotist website. Or you might be handed a few pieces of paper and said, hey, in the next couple minutes, you know, fill this out. And this questionnaire is really to find out why you're there. Why are you here today with me? What is it in life that you want to change? What positive changes do you want to make? And what will be different in your life once these changes? come about once this change takes place what is it that's going to be different what would you like to find yourself doing more of what would you like to find yourself being better at things along those lines so we would go over this questionnaire and this questionnaire has questions like i just mentioned but also questions about do you have any fears do you have any concerns Um, if you could be anywhere in the world what is your ideal vacation spot what do you enjoy doing what are your hobbies what are your activities what are your interests What don't you like? Um, Would you rather be at the beach or would you rather be in the mountains? And these questions are on the questionnaire and it's important for the hypnotist because every hypnosis session is geared specifically to you. This isn't a one-size-fits-all protocol, at least not with the ethical hypnotist who will be there listening to you, writing down what it is that your session is going to be made up of. So if you like the mountains more than the beach, you might hate the beach. I have clients, the idea of taking their shoes off and digging their feet into that sand just skeeves them. Now for me, I would live at the beach if I could. But just because I like it doesn't mean that's what my clients would like. So a lot of hypnosis is imagination, guided imagery, visualization. So I wouldn't want to, as a hypnotist, take you someplace, have you do something that you don't enjoy doing so what is it that you enjoy what brings you pleasure because then we can use that and build it into your your session so you can imagine doing those things that make you happy being in places that are safe that are comfortable that are relaxing so that would be the first thing and then here comes that pre-talk and this is where the hypnotist would alleviate as many concerns as possible and explain things so that when the formal of the hypnosis session begins you're relaxed you're looking forward to it instead of maybe a little bit of apprehension or a little bit of concern a little bit of nervousness now wow I'm really I can't wait for this to get started and here's how that works so you walk in we go through your questionnaire your intake form whatever you want to call it and I'm going to ask you this Wow. you know I wonder how many times you've experienced hypnosis already time already today now it doesn't matter what time you got up this morning But I bet you've already experienced hypnosis on more than one occasion today. Now, you might look at me and think, are you crazy? I just made this appointment. I didn't go to any other hypnotist's office on the way here. What do you mean I experienced hypnosis? Well, my definition of hypnosis is very simple. When we become absorbed in an activity, when we become absorbed in our thoughts, when we become absorbed in anything and our focus is narrowed in for me at least that's hypnosis so i want you to think about those times in the past where you've been reading a good book and you've been really really into this book or maybe you've been watching a movie and it's one of those movies maybe it's one of those movies that just elicits so many emotions from you it just you just re- it just resonates with you maybe it's a tv show maybe it's it's a sporting event Maybe it's a video game. Maybe you're just so engrossed. But we've all had those times where we were so engrossed in an activity where someone calls our name, someone starts talking to us, and we don't even hear them, even though they're either right behind us, right next to us, in the other room. They're calling our name, and we don't respond to them. We don't answer them. And they come up closer, and they stand in front of us and say, I've been talking to you. Haven't you been listening? And you think, well, I guess not. That's hypnosis. You were absorbed and focused in something. And so your mind was so concentrated on that, you excluded everything else, all the other stimuli in the environment around you. And by the way, this happens when we daydream. Think about it. When you're daydreaming, for those of us who have been in school of any kind, you find yourself daydreaming and then the teacher calls on you. And you're thinking, I wasn't even close to the conversation at hand. And the teacher calls on you, and it happened to me more than once. I think teachers have this knack of looking into a student's eye and knowing that that look in their eye is saying they're present in the room, but, man, they're not present with me. And so they call on you, and you go, oh, my God, the teacher was talking the whole time. You're, part of you heard it, but yet you were so absorbed and focused on something else that you never had a, an opportunity To even consider what was being said. That's hypnosis. So I would tell you that that's hypnosis. And we've all experienced that. Even for those of you who drive, think about those times when you've come home from work, come home from shopping, come home from dropping the kids off, taking the kids someplace. You've come home, you've pulled into your driveway, you turned off the ignition, and you sat there. And just before you got out of the car, you said to yourself, how did I get here? I don't remember. I hope I stopped at that stop sign. I You have no recollection of how you got to where you were coming from to your driveway. And you sit there and you think, oh, man, I hope everything's okay. <laughs> we call that driving hypnosis. Your conscious mind was distracted with thoughts, maybe a song on the radio, maybe you were making a list of things you had to get done or you should have gotten done or you wish you could do, and it was your unconscious mind, the unconscious part of you that got you from point A to point B or from point A to your house, your driveway, wherever you are, you probably drove safer, by the way, during those times than if you were to consciously think, okay, I have to put one hand here, one hand here, I have to take my foot off the the gas, put it on the brake. I got to slow down coming up to that red light. If we drove a car like that and conscious, had to make conscious decisions about every single thing we do, we wouldn't get very far, would we? So we call that driving hypnosis. So chances are you've experienced hypnosis multiple times today and you're not even aware of it. So that's how easy it is to experience hypnosis knowing that knowing how easy it is and it's not that difficult and now that you have an idea of of what it is you can just relax and enjoy the time that you're going to spend in the formal hypnosis session and when we come back from this break we'll pick up on this and we'll talk about what that's going to be like in that formal hypnosis session and we'll do that right after we come back
2: at voiceamerica.com voice america is where you are and where you want to be join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events
0: have you become a member yet sign up now to become a member of voice america it's always free and easy
2: Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn.
0: Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. you're listening to thinking hypnotically living mindfully to reach the program today you're welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 if you'd rather send rusty an email his email address is 13.rwilliams at gmail.com now back to thinking hypnotically living mindfully
1: Okay, so we talked about how easy it is to experience hypnosis and that you've probably already experienced hypnosis multiple times today. So now let's talk about the actual process. Well, before we talk about the process, this is an opportunity to talk about why hypnosis works and to, I want to educate you a little bit, as, at least as much as, as I believe is, is needed that will help you even have a better experience today. Hypnosis is about the mind, right? You know, we're not dealing with um, any of the organs in the abdomen. We're not dealing with any of the organs in the chest cavity. We're not dealing with the We're dealing with the mind. And you've probably heard it said that there's the conscious mind and the unconscious mind. And to keep things simple, we're just going to leave it at that. The conscious mind and the unconscious mind. And the conscious mind is that part of you that is thinking, is evaluating, is listening to me right now, is judging It's calculating things. It's following directions. That's the conscious mind. The unconscious mind is everything else. The unconscious mind is that vast reservoir of where memories are stored. It's where imagination lives. It's where learning takes place. It's where creativity becomes alive. If you were to think of the analogy of an iceberg, you know, you've heard, you know, it's just the tip of the iceberg, Well, think of the iceberg, the part of the iceberg that you see that's above the water line. That's the conscious mind. That's the part you're aware of. That's the part you can see. You're conscious of it, conscious mind. The unconscious mind is everything below the surface of the water, the part that we know is there, but yet we're not aware of it because we don't see it. So think of the conscious mind as that part that we're aware of, the unconscious mind of everything else, and it's so big, so much bigger, has so much more room hold stuff, and that stuff is memory, imagination, creativity, learning, to name just a few. And in hypnosis, we tap into the unconscious mind, that powerful part of you that keeps the conscious mind afloat, right? If not for the bottom part of the submerged part of the iceberg, the top part of the iceberg wouldn't be visible, would it? So that's what we're going to do. That's, that's the part that we're going to be working with. And there's some things you need to know about the unconscious mind. That are really important. And maybe by explaining these to you, you'll have a better understanding about why you're here today and why it's been maybe harder to make this change that you want to make in your life. You see, the conscious mind, that part above the waterline, that part of us, of our mind, that can accept or reject suggestions, thoughts, ideas. So if you're told you're going to like this and you're like, no, I don't like this. I remember being told I had to eat liver as a kid. Um, And my dad said, you're going to like it. (laughs) No, I'm not. That's the conscious mind. It can reject thoughts, ideas, suggestions. The unconscious mind takes everything as the truth. The unconscious mind can't distinguish if something of a thought, if an idea, if a suggestion is good or bad for us. It just accepts it as the truth. And then it does everything it can to act on that to make sure that that truth gets carried out. And the unconscious mind deals with everything in real time as if it's happening right now. So when we think about something from our past that has made us sad or happy, it's when we think about that, it's as if it's happening right now and all those emotions come flooding back as if it's happening right now. And that's why we feel the way we do when this happens. Or if we worry about the future, our mind can only process it as if it's happening right now. The fight or flight uh, reflexes, if you want to call it that, uh, kicks in uh, those Brain chemicals are released into into our our bodies and we respond accordingly, usually with anxiety and fear and worry and things like that. So what we're going to do in hypnosis is simply tell the conscious mind, hey, why don't you take a break? You know, aren't you tired? Why don't you go stand over there for a while while we can talk to that unconscious mind, that part of you that's so powerful, so strong, that's open to all kinds of suggestions. And by doing that, we'll be basically dropping in, for lack of a better example, positive suggestions to help you make this change that you want to make in life. And that happens rapidly because the unconscious mind is also much, much faster than the conscious mind. And if you want to prove this to yourself, it's real easy, real really easy experiment. Find a pair of shoes that has shoelaces, a pair of shoes that you have to lace up and tie up. Tie them the way you normally would. Have them untied. You know, do um, right over left, left over right. However, you make that first slip knot. Then make one loop, make another loop, flip them around, tie them tight. Done. What's that take? Two to three seconds, probably. Right. If you want to find out how problematic it becomes when we overthink things, and why the unconscious mind is so much faster than the conscious mind, take those that same shoe, same pair of shoes. And tie those tie a knot in the opposite direction. In other words, if you normally take the the right string and that goes over the left string first and then you pull that tight against it before you make the the two loops, use the left string first and make the left string go over the right string. And then whatever you whatever hand hand right or left hand, you make that first loop. Make a loop with the other hand first. and then see how difficult it is. And see how frustrated you're going to get when you do this. So that's just a, a real easy test for you if, if you want to try it because consciously, you have to consciously think of the process. I gave the example earlier about driving the car, how much longer it would take. If we had to consciously make every decision about what we're going to do in every second in that car, it would take us forever to get someplace. When we tire shoes and we have to consciously think of something that we've been doing that's just become an unconscious habit, we can see that it's so much faster to do something at the unconscious level versus the conscious level. So that gives you an example of how much faster the unconscious mind is. So the unconscious mind can also make changes that fast in our lives. So now that you're aware of that, and now that you know how The conscious mind, that thinking part of you, the part that was concerned, I don't know if this is going to work, what's it going to be like, that conscious part of you, my job as your hypnotist, is just to have that conscious part of you. And it can keep doing those thinkings. It can do whatever it wants because I'm not concerned with that conscious part of you. In hypnosis, we're going to be talking to that unconscious part of you where these changes can be made and can be lasting and even permanent. And the way we do that is very simple. The first thing we do As a hypnotist, and I, by the way, let me sidestep this as if you're still the first-time client, but let me explain why I'm saying this. I explain everything to my clients. There's no ninja hypnosis. In other words, everything that we're going to do once we go into the formal hypnosis room, and in my office, there's a an area where I meet clients and then there's my office with the nice comfortable recliner, there's a water fountain going in the background, there's soft music playing, all that good stuff, and the recliner goes back and most people want a blanket and they can get nice and comfortable. Everything that's done in that room, I explain to my clients. There's nothing that I do, including the suggestions. We'll talk about what it is that we're going to do once we get in there and what suggestions they want given. So that's just a little caveat why why I say this. So, We're going to do this process. I'm jumping back into my role play here as your hypnotist. So the way we get to that, to talk to that unconscious part of you while the conscious mind just is off and not even caring about what it's doing. Last week, uh, our guest, Jonathan Royal, talked about the critical faculty, and that's simply that critical conscious mind that evaluates and says, I don't know if I'm sure about this, this thought. We bypass that. So my job as your hypnotist is just my skill is simply putting words together. You're the one who came here today. You're the one doing the work. You're the one who who has made this decision, and you should congratulate yourself for that. You've made this decision to make this change in your life. My role is really of that of a co-pilot. We'll go back to the car analogy. You're driving the car. I'm simply giving suggestions. So I put words together, and my role is to help you relax, most of us in the hypnosis world we use different various techniques one of the ones it's one of my favorites is progressive muscle relaxation because it's also teaching you how you can relax so i'll be talking to you and i'll be asking you just to relax different parts of your body progressively maybe from the feet up or from the head down and then once you get to that point where you're totally physically relaxed we'll say some things that will help your mind just relax and that conscious mind can just go someplace else and once you're nice and relaxed Once you're nice and physically relaxed, you're mentally relaxed. Well, that's when we'll talk about, are we going for a walk on the beach or are we going to take a walk in the mountains maybe? Where is that place that you find safe and relaxing and peaceful? Maybe we'll visit there. What are some of those activities that you like to do? Well, imagine yourself doing those activities or at least one of those activities. So we use stories. We use metaphors. The unconscious mind loves stories, loves metaphors. That's why those questions that I ask you to answer on on your questionnaire, that's why they're there. They're very important because this is about you. This is about your life, your likes, what you find pleasure in, what you find joy in. It'll help you make the changes that you are going to make today. So after we go through these metaphors and stories and maybe take a walk someplace, or you can imagine being someplace or being doing some other activity than right here, Well, then I will suggest to you some of the changes that you want to make. And if you remember in your questionnaire, you said that you wanted to eat healthier foods. You said you wanted to go to the gym three times a day. So I'm going to ask you to imagine what it would be like to be eating foods, see yourself eating those healthy foods, see yourself going to the gym, hear the sounds around you, see the sights, feel what you feel. And then from there... Well, maybe we'll use what we call in the hypnotic world an anchor. It's nothing more than something like when you hear a song come on the radio and it brings back those emotions. Maybe it was back in high school and a song comes on and it was your the song at your prom and you remember all these emotions come back, all these feelings come back of what it was like to be at that at that prom and maybe it was puppy love or maybe it was you got dumped at the prom. That that would stink. I know that's happened. But it could be either one of those feelings, right? Songs have that power. Music has that, that power. So we might use an anchor of some sort and then we'll, I'll say some things so that you can open your eyes, feeling fantastic. When you open your eyes, you're going to feel fantastic. And by the way, the only reason I ask you to close your eyes in hypnosis, and most hypnosis hypnotists do this, is because you know us humans are visual creatures. and we become preoccupied by everything we see all the different stimuli that comes in visually. As I'm talking to you now, I'm looking at the clock. I'm wondering how much time I have left to get through this. Um, looking around, I notice the doors open, I notice certain things, I'm looking out the window. So we become distracted visually. So it's just easiest. For you to use your imagination, your creativity to close your eyes and allow yourself to daydream. So that's the only reason we ask you to close your eyes, by the way. So you'll open your eyes, feeling fantastic, feeling refreshed, feeling completely alert. And then we'll talk about everything you experience and how wonderful you feel. Now, you might be asking, well, what is it going to feel like? And I and we've all felt that there's not a hypnotist in the world who didn't have I don't want to call it a concern, maybe wonderment. Maybe it was a concern. Maybe it was an expectation. What, you know, from hearing from other people, maybe friends or family members, What if? what is this going to feel like? And I can tell you this from the experience I've had from doing this with hundreds of people who've sat exactly where you're sitting right now. And that's this. Hypnosis is completely subjective. Now, by that, I mean, people feel it people experience it different ways, and every one of those ways is absolutely the way they're supposed to experience it. For some people, some people experience it as very, a, a very heavy, sinking, relaxed feeling, that everything just goes to mush, and they just sink into that chair, and they just feel completely heavy and just, wow, completely relaxed and just, yeah, I like this feeling. For other people... They tell me that they feel kind of light, almost floaty, and they they feel very almost disconnected with everything that's going on, and if not as if they've left their body, but they just feel very light. And for the first time in their life, the weight of the world has been lifted off their shoulders, and they just feel really wonderful about it. And they're amazed at how by lifting the weight off their shoulders, you know I think we tend sometimes we tend to carry so much weight on our shoulders, don't we? When, when that weight's been lifted and for the first time and as long as they can remember, they feel light and just free. Some clients tell me that. And other clients have told me it's just it's just an experience of being aware, of being aware of your voice, of being aware of everything in the room, all the, the sounds, the way the chair feels. It's an awareness of their own inner feelings, coming to the surface of, of, of their mind. So there's no right, there's no wrong. no Whatever you feel, whatever you experience is exactly how you're going to experience it. And that's perfectly right. That's perfectly the way it's supposed to be for you. And you'll remember as much as you would in any conversation. Now, since I've been talking for the past half hour, 45 minutes, you've been aware of everything I've been saying, but there is no way that you could... Repeat, word for word, everything that I've said. You remember chunks and pieces of it that are important, that were important to you, that for some reason resonated with you and said, this is important, I'm going to remember this. Well, hypnosis is kind of the same way. Some people feel as if, wow, I kind of daydreamed a little and I was hearing you for a while and then I kind of lost it and I came back. That's great. You'll remember everything as if you've just had this uh, every everyday conversations. You'll remember as much as you will... In any of those conversations and then you'll feel fantastic and you don't have to worry about anything after that because my role my job my obligation is to make sure that once your eyes reopen and, and we talk about how wonderful you feel I'll answer any questions you have is to make sure that you are and you will be completely alert Um, Because again, you're not sleeping. This isn't sleep. Hypnosis isn't sleep. Hypnosis is just a state of mind, a resource state of mind. And I think you're going to be amazed when you realize the abilities that are in there. And once you recognize those abilities, and once you tap into those abilities, the only regret that people tell me that they have is that they didn't experience hypnosis sooner, that they didn't go to a hypnotist sooner. So that's... The process, that's exactly what's going to happen today. Now, do you have any questions? Anything else you think I should know? That's perfect because we are up against a break. So your timing, my timing is absolutely perfect. When we come back, we're going to talk about the unconscious mind a little bit, some amazing facts, figures, and things like that. So we'll talk about that as soon as we come back from this break. It's your world.
0: Motivate, change, succeed. Voiceamericaempowerment.com. Voice America programs are now
2: available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon Alexa and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast.
0: Hey Alexa, Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast.
2: If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts.
3: Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community.
0: You're listening to Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully. To reach the program today, you're welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send Rusty an email, his email address is 13.rwilliams at gmail.com. Now back to Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully.
1: Okay, so congratulations. You just had your first hypnosis session. How was it? There you go. Awesome. Listen, um, that is pretty much the time that I would spend with a client. I usually allot 30 to 45 minutes to talk about what hypnosis is, is, is what hypnosis is going to feel like, what it's going to be like, and to take any questions. Now, the, the last 15 minutes, we're 45 minutes in, might be answering questions that clients have um, giving them a chance to um, get relaxed and then and then we start the we start the session so now that you know that let's talk about this this concept of the mind and the mind is a concept remember so let's talk about the concept of the unconscious mind you know remember the unconscious mind it takes everything literally it doesn't distinguish between good and bad thoughts and it takes everything as the truth. So you can think of your mind as your dutiful servant. Your wish is its command. Again, it can't distinguish between thoughts, ideas, suggestions, beliefs that are good or bad. All it knows is that that's your thought and it's true for you. And conflict arises. We get conflicted, We whether it's angst, anxiety, fear, depression, worry, whether it's beating ourselves up for not doing something that we promised we would do, for doing something we promised we would never do. And that conflict arises when the conscious mind and the unconscious mind are kind of out of sync. When the conscious mind is wanting to do one thing and the unconscious mind is sending signals, and remember, it's more powerful, so that's going to run the whole show, is saying, no, we're going to do it this way. And... The best example I guess I can give, or maybe it's not the best, but it's the first one that comes to mind, is someone who wants to stop smoking. You know, people who smoke, at least the ones that, that have come to see me and, and are now no longer smoking, by the way, identify themselves as being a smoker. Whether that society has done that to them, whether our culture has done that, but they literally see themselves. Not as just a person who smokes. Their identity is, I am a smoker. And that's their belief system, their unconscious mind, because it's heard it so often, it's accepted it. That is who they are. But consciously, they've made a decision that they want to quit. They want to stop smoking. So the conscious mind is saying, I want to stop smoking. But the unconscious belief, who that person really is, is saying, Well, you're a smoker. And of course, Smokers buy cigarettes. Smokers light up. Smokers can't wait till they can get that break so they can run outside regarding what the temperature of the weather is and get that cigarette. So there's the conflict. The conflict is the conscious mind is saying, I want to quit. The unconscious mind is saying, you're a smoker, is actually saying, I'm a smoker. Smokers smoke. So therefore, I'm going to keep smoking. Even though, again, because the unconscious mind doesn't know If that is a good or a bad thing, if that's a good or a bad belief or identity, all it knows is it's true for you and it's true for you now. All the willpower in the world. Willpower is a conscious thought. Willpower takes place at the conscious level. So all the willpower, now there aren't people, this isn't saying that there's people who just make a decision, you know what, damn it, I've had my last cigarette and I'm done. Those those people exist. I've spoken with them. I've actually tried to kind of pick their brain a little bit about what's inside of them that makes them tick so I can help my clients with that. But for the most part, the reason the smoking habit, and yes, I believe it's a habit, not an addiction. we would take too long to get into that. One of the reasons it's so hard is because people bought in People who smoke have bought in, I'm a smoker, this is going to be hard because that's been reinforced. There was just a commercial I saw last night that says, this is the hardest thing you'll ever do. Well, you want to talk about making a hypnotist job even that much harder when someone is told this is the hardest thing you're going to do and the unconscious mind believes it because it cements that belief, oh, I am a smoker, I'm always going to be a smoker. Other people have tried, I've, I've tried to quit before, it's not going to work. However, when the conscious mind and the unconscious mind are in unity. We might call that that they're congruent. Well, that's when our decisions seem to be the right ones. That's when things in life start to go, wow, this is fantastic. This is, this is so easy. I didn't think it would be so easy. And in hypnosis, we're simply pairing up the unconscious mind with what the, your conscious wishes, your hopes, your dreams what it is that you want to change, we're simply getting the unconscious mind to get in sync with that. And now the conscious mind and the unconscious mind are in sync, and the unconscious mind is sending messages, and the conscious mind is going, yeah, we got this, and you take a big sigh of relief, and you think, wow, this was a lot easier than what I thought it would be. So... That's just one example of what happens when the unconscious mind and the conscious mind are out of sync. In hypnosis, we get them back into sync, get the unconscious mind to say, this is who I am. Get you as the person. Get me as me when I practice self-hypnosis to say, this is who I am. I'm not that worrywart. I'm someone who's calm. I'm someone who has confidence. I'm someone who feels good about everything that I'm doing. Now, the things that I want to do in life become so much easier. So, That's how we connect the conscious, the unconscious, we get them in sync. There's other ways to do it other than hypnosis. I'm not saying hypnosis is the be-all and end-all to to do this. I'm just saying this is one of the ways. It's a very rapid way. It's a very um, permanent way of solidifying those changes, getting them in sync, solidifying those changes. With that said, let me give you some, what I think are just some amazing statistics, maybe you don't find statistics statistics as amazing as I do. So let's call these facts, numbers. The conscious mind can process about, ah, give or take some, about 40 environmental stimuli per second. So that is, how do I feel right now? Where am I standing? What's going on? What are my thoughts? What do I see? What do I hear? Those kind of things. So about 40 environmental stimuli, things coming from the environment around us every second. The unconscious mind can process approximately 20 million environmental stimuli per second. An example of the power of the unconscious mind. I mean, it, it, it's almost like there's not even a comparison. Is, is it 20 million to 40? It's 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 a complete route. If this was a, was a ball game, the unconscious mind is in charge of about 100,000 chemical reactions per cell in our body per second. So every second, every cell in our body, the unconscious mind is in charge of about 100,000 chemical reactions of them, excuse me. The unconscious mind, it processes about 400 bits of information per second. So every second that goes by, the unconscious mind is processing information from everywhere, from inside our bodies, from inside our organs, from outside, from everywhere. about 400 of those bits of information per second. Now, here's where mindfulness becomes big. This is why I, one of the reasons I'm a big proponent of it. The conscious mind, that thinking part of you, that part that's above the waterline, the part of the iceberg that we can see, the conscious mind has between 50,000 and 70,000 thoughts per day. 50 to 70,000 thoughts per day. Thoughts were Not even aware of Well, Now you're probably going to be thinking, okay, do the math. How many thoughts is that per second? It's a lot. That's where the idea, the concept of mindfulness comes in. That's why learning to be present, learning to train our brains, learning to rewire our brains to just be in this moment can slow down those thoughts. So we can think about things. We can resolve issues. We can solve problems so much more effectively, so much more efficiently and there's some research about the unconscious mind that i i find amazing one of the uh, neuro, uh, i believe is a neuroscientist or neurologist who did extensive research about this on both the conscious and the unconscious mind said the unconscious system in the brain pieces together fragments to devise a meaningful interpretation so the unconscious mind with remember that's where memories are stored it's putting together all these fragments of information and then it tries to come up with this meaningful interpretation and send that to the conscious mind to act on. If you think the conscious mind, the way we do things, the way we practice, the way we we see the world repetition over and over again, one study came to mind, and I want to share it with you as, as we close out the program today. There was a researcher, and I believe it was University of Chicago. Um, I'm pretty sure that that it was University of Chicago. Anyway, it was done a while ago, and this study involved basketball players shooting free throws. So basketball players going up to the line, shooting free throws. And this researcher divided the participants into three groups. One of the groups, so a whole bunch of people in this study divided into three groups. The first group practiced free throws, practiced shooting the ball into the basket, for one hour a day for 30 days straight. So they took an hour out of their day, for an hour they continually practiced one after another, after another, just practiced shooting free throws. The second group only visualized, imagined, making free throws. So they imagined what the ball would feel like in their hands, they imagined bouncing it down a couple times on the court, what that would sound like, what it would feel like. They imagined the arc, seeing the arc of the ball heading towards the basket. They imagined the ball going through the basket, the sound of the swoosh, right, going through the net, nothing but net. And they imagined this. They never touched the basketball. And they did this for one hour a day for 30 days. And the third group in this the, the divided in this study, they did neither visualization, no imagination, nor did they even touch a basketball. They did nothing. They went out and did whatever college students do at a university for an hour a day for 30 days. At the end of the 30 days, here's what this research showed. It showed that the, the third group, the ones that did nothing, as you would imagine, they went out and whatever they were doing, they had absolutely no improvement in their free throws. They improved zilch, zero, nada. Some actually even regressed. The group that practiced every day for an hour, so this is the group that practiced physically, touched the ball, shot it, went to the gym, they increased, they got better. They improved their sh- their shooting, their shot making by 24%. So they improved by almost a quarter, which is pretty good, right? 30 days, an hour a day, they improved by 24%. Here's what's interesting, the second group. The group that only imagined making free throws, that only visualized that ball going in the basket, the group that only used their creative minds to see what that would look like, to feel what that would feel like, to hear what that sounds like, they improved their shots by 23%. Almost identical. I guess it would be a statistical tie because the way statistics work, I think it's plus the variant is plus or minus one or two percent. It was almost a statistical tie between the group that practiced every day and the group that only visualized doing it. And there's another story, by the way, that's very similar to this of a javelin um, Olympian, I believe he's from Britain, who uh, in one Olympics, won the bronze medal in throwing the javelin. The next four years later, the next Olympic um, event came up, and a week before the Olympics, one week before, he sprained his ankle. He sprained his ankle, he was on crutches, so obviously the javelin is where you hold that long spear in your hand, you run up to the line and you throw it as far as you can. right? You launch and there's technique involved and there's all kinds of things. What he did for that week leading up to his event, when his event was to take place, he imagined, he visualized, he imagined what it would feel like, what it would look like. He imagined seeing that thing fly through the air as far as it could go. And then when his time came, even on a sprained ankle that was healing, he won the silver medal. He actually did better four years later than he did when he practiced up until the the previous Olympics. That gives you an idea, I hope. At least that's my hope of this, of giving you the idea of the power of our imagination and remembering that imagination is in the unconscious part of our mind, where we can be creative. We can use our imagination. We can remember what it felt like, what it looked like, what it sounded like, what it tasted like. We can use all of these resources that we have to really supercharge the conscious part of our lives. And if... People shooting a basketball can improve just as much by simply visualizing it and never actually picking up a ball. Imagine what you can do if you can start tapping into that powerful unconscious part of your mind and communicate with that unconscious part of your mind and let your unconscious part of your mind communicate with you. Just think about, and I'll use the word again, imagine. Imagine what you can accomplish imagine what you can overcome imagine the happiness the joy the peace the how much better you can get at whatever it is that that you want to get better at that is just some two examples that come to mind from the sports world of the power of the unconscious mind and it's not something that's difficult to do by practicing mindfulness you're tapping into that all the time anyway and this program today remember this was a great learning experience. I didn't get upset because next week, I promise this time, promise, our guest is going to be Stephanie Conkle, and the topic is going to be the power of the unconscious mind, how we can go deep into the unconscious mind, how we can communicate with it, and how it can communicate with them. So that's next week. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I am thankful that the doorbell didn't ring and you didn't hear the dogs barking. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week with Stephanie Conkles, our guest. Have a wonderful week.
0: Thank you for joining us this week for Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully. Your host, Rusty Williams, invites you to tune in again next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week.